today after today it will be all about the 2021 season and before we get to that where we're uh, short like about 12 hours away depending on where you are on the world man nick rob how you guys doing i'm doing good man i'm doing good i'm here ready to talk about probably one of the easiest divisions to call because we have two powerhouse teams coming out of this uh division this year for the postseason is my prediction I'm doing good, man. I'm stressing, though, because we got this fantasy baseball draft right after this. and I'm, But I'm ready to talk about the NL West. Uh, got some teams, like Rob said, going to be pretty easy to talk about. This is about as clear-cut as it's going to get. There we go, man. Look, and we do have some, some, some pretty exciting stuff today. We're talking about the reigning champs, who are in a pretty tough division, right? Like, the, the, the team that is scheduled to, to finish second in that division is no slouch. So, look. Let's get to it, man. And before we wrap up, we'll definitely talk about opening day a little bit. But look, before that, let's let's get to this division. And last year's last place team, which might have been surprising to some because they've had a kind of decent record the last few years, was the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, Diamondbacks, it's hard to gauge them, right? They have some some pretty talented players, some some guys you know, David Peralta, Ketel Marte, who has come out of not out of nowhere, but he's become kind of a, your perennial all-star kind of player. You know, Eduardo Escobar came over from the Twins. But after that, it, it gets a little dim. Um, their, their bench isn't necessarily deep. Their most notable starter, which is Madison Bumgarner, on a, on a pretty big free agent deal, didn't live up to that at all last year. So with that being said, man, look, I'll, I'll kick it to you first, Nick. What's your take on the 2021 Diamondbacks? I am as low on them this year as I was high on them last year. I had them 100 wins last year. I loved everything about them. Uh, that might have been the most wrong baseball talk I've ever had in my life. It was just, I don't know, it was just disgusting how bad it ended up being. But this year, they're going to be pretty bad. They're going to near the bottom of the, of the division. Um, there's one team that's worse, in my opinion. I've got them for 62, loss, or sorry, 62 wins, 100 losses. There's just nothing on this team that really sticks out to me as being good outside of Cattell Marte. And even he can be up and down. I'm really hoping that Madison Bumgarner comes back this year. I heard he's mixing in some Johnny Cueto-esque type of maneuvers and his windup. Um, I know that he was mad at himself last year, and he seemed to have taken the offseason a little more serious to get ready for the game this year. But there's this team is just, you know, right now it's, it's not very good, and they don't have any rookies that are going to come up this year. Their farm system is ranked number nine because they have a lot of young guys, but not really anybody who's going to come up this year. Dalton Varsho is probably the only impact rookie they're going to have, and it's a guy that I'd really like to see play. Um, but a guy we talked about last year during our rookie kind of synopsis was Christian Robinson. He's still a little too young to come up and make any real big time in the big leagues, but that's the only other guy really to see. Every other guy is like 19, 18 years old, so they're three, four, five years away from being competitive, and this team right now just isn't there. Um there's not really much to want to watch on this team. 100 losses, I think, is definitely in the cards for them. Man, I, you know, I, I hate to agree with you on, on this one. I don't have them at 100 losses because I do think that they're a little better than the team that I have coming in in, in last place. But this is this isn't a pretty team, man. You're not you're not looking for for a great amount of stuff. The only the only thing I'm excited to look for is there's two things I'm excited to look for. I'm excited to see David Peralta. I love David Peralta. He has a great story. He played for for the Rockland Builders, which was a team that I spent a, a little bit of uh, time on when I was playing. And then he ended up getting signed. Then he was a pitcher. And now now he's a borderline All Star outfielder year in year out. So I want to see how he does this year. Hopefully he gets traded to a better team. But Carson Kelly, who was Yadier Molina's backup for for years, and you can you can debate that Carson Kelly should have been in the major leagues at least two three years ago, but last year was his real, you know, first taste as a starter in the major leagues. But he's one of the guys that I think will be in the next group of the the really good catchers. I'm not gonna say great yet because I haven't seen that from him, but he's gonna be on that really good to great kind of aspect. At least that's what I, I feel he can be. 
But yo, Rob, I'll kick it over to you, dude. Where are you on the Diamondbacks this year? Yeah, so in terms of the Diamondbacks, I, you know, I have them being themselves what they basically are year in and year out. I have them finishing right in the middle of the pack with around 76 wins. I just think that they have too many players on that roster right now that, if I'm going to be quite honest, are like pretty average. They, If you look at their roster, it's it's literally, yeah, some young guys, but for the most part, it's pretty average guys who are just put together on a baseball team. I mean, they have Cattell Marte, who's like their star level player. He's definitely a nice uh, type of player and definitely a guy that you might potentially be able to build around. But I do think that, you know, I would like them to see maybe you know, add some more significant pitching or something like that. Definitely some more significant hitting around Cattell Marte because, man, if you look at their lineup, like, yes, there are young guys like Carson Kelly. Yes, there are vets like David Peralta who can definitely make an impact. But the Diamondbacks year in and year out are never really that scary to me. You know, like we've seen years of them making the postseason. Has anyone really looked at them, you know, in in the last decade as a team who's really going to push towards a World Series, even when they did make the, the postseason, you know, I always feel like they're like, even when they make the postseason, their pieces out. And right now they don't even have the pieces, in my opinions, to make the postseason at all. So that's right. That's why I think, you know, having them right in the middle of the pack, seeing where this division is standing right now, I think in the middle of the pack is a good position for them to be. Yeah. It, and it, it's, it's crazy. Cause if we looked at this team last year, this team was coming in with momentum. They had a great 20, 2019, they, you know, they won a lot more games than people thought they were. And th- there's one thing I'm going to say about Arizona, and they're, they're a really well-managed team that's a really good, strong organization. So it's hard for me to think they're going to lose 100 games. Granted, I have them at 92 losses, which is essentially the same thing, right? They're not going anywhere with that. But there's no excitement around this team, right? Uh, Bumgarner could have been that shot in the arm, and he's not going to be that. So, you know, no, no, no sense in uh, talking about these guys any longer, man. Let's move on to our next team and last year Colorado Rockies finished in fourth place and it was man I it's hard to gauge where this team's going and I don't mean that in like oh is are they gonna be good or bad no for me it's how bad can they be you know I, I think this team is borderline one of the worst in the MLB and I may eat, eat those words but I look up and down this lineup I look at this rotation and there's pieces I like, right? If I could take some guys out of there and say, hey, look, go go somewhere else, I, I would do that, right? Like, so Herman Marquez, who is a very underrated pitcher, he gets no love because he pitches in Colorado, who, you know, year after year, we see it. It's hard to pitch in Colorado. You don't have a lot of guys coming out there with great numbers. And even though they've done things like the, the, the um, humidor, they, they've done things like make fence taller and, and, and stuff like that. It's not, it, it doesn't help through pitching. It's just too good of a hitting ballpark. And we see that with, Herman Marquez, who has top-end talent. This is a guy who, if he gets traded to a contender, you'll see that that ERA drop by, by a full point. You know what I mean? By a full one, one whole point. And by that, I mean, like, from a four-something to a three-something. He's, he's that good. He's probably better. But after that, man, look, you don't have much in the rotation. You have guys who, again, might be able to get done somewhere else, but you're not going to get it done in, in, in Colorado. And, and in this lineup, the only real threat, in my opinion, is, is Trevor Story. Trevor Story is the only guy that you can look at and like, oh, I can count on that person to do well day in and day out. A guy like Charlie Blackman, he, he's another popular name. He's the guy that you probably hear about the most. You know, he's been on the All-Star team and, and all that. Dude, his drop-off last year was insane. There was a time last year we were talking about, hey, is it crazy if this guy hits a, a 400 for the season? And then second half came along, and it was just and, – and the biggest story from them is obviously the loss of Nolan Arenado, right? They, they traded him over to to the Cardinals. Uh, we talked about that a little bit. Um, you know, there's nothing there's nothing really in the in the minors that, that we expect coming up. Brendan Rodgers has been on this team and a, a top prospect for feels like a decade. At some point, you just got to call it and say, hey, that's just not happening. But, yo, Nick, I'll kick it to you again. What do you have on this Rocky team? Oh, sorry. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit thinking about this team. Uh, it's so bad. I have them at – I wanted to put them down for 120 losses, but that just seems a little excessive. So I have them at 52 and 110. They will break 100, 100 losses pretty easily. They are the worst team in the division. Um, they don't have very good, very good pitching, and even if they did, it's still up there in the Rockies. And they don't have the hitting that they used to have. 
And I just don't see Trevor Story staying on this team the whole season. So there's not much to this team that excites me. They've got the 29th best prospects uh, as a farm system in all of Major League Baseball. And they're just terrible at bringing up their prospects. I mean, we've heard guys, you know, Ramel Tapia, Ryan McMahon, you know, all these guys we've heard of for years, and they just never seem to come up and do anything. Sam Hilliard, and then they just traded David Dahl over to Texas. And when you lose a guy like Nolan Arenado, it, who, yes, he's one of my favorite players in the game, if not my favorite player in the game. And I obviously will back him up all the time. But he was a guy that other teammates wanted to play for. I mean, just the image on that Father's Day where he hits the walk-off Grand Slam and his blood running from his eye. Like, that's the guy you want to play with. And they traded him? Like, what are you doing? You're just showing everybody you really don't care. They didn't seem to know what they were doing before that. And now it just seems like not only do they not know what they're doing, but they don't care that they don't know what they're doing. It's going to be a sad season up in Colorado. I know James Fleming lives up there and likes to go to a few games. It's it's going to get real real cheap ticket prices. The only positive thing for Rocky fan to look at this year. Man, yeah. And and it, it, it's rough because it's just – and we had we had uh, Jenna Garcia out here not too long ago, and they, she was really excited about the Rocky season. But she mentioned some of the stuff that is still true today, where it's like, what direction are they headed in? We don't know. You know, their, their biggest free agent addition was was CJ Cron, uh, Crone, and after that, it's just a list of guys who I don't know, man. You're hoping something comes out of them. Like I, I, I just don't know, man. Uh, Rob, what about you, dude? Where, where do you have this team going? Yeah, uh, definitely agree with, with you guys. And it, it's funny that you mentioned, uh, you know, Jenna, because definitely when we had her on, you know, I think if we had her if we had her back on the show now, <laughs> I think it would kind of be sad if, if we have to look back on on this potentially drastic Rocky season. Right. Because like you mentioned, a good point. What direction are they headed? I honestly think they're headed towards the direction of not building a competitive baseball team. Like, I think it's it's honestly just or at least it should be headed for somewhat of a rebuild, right? Like I would figure, look, I'd figure you're not really looking to sign Trevor Story to a big contract, right? We know Trevor Story is going to be part of this uh, superstar loaded, you know, uh, shortstop, pot- potentially big class that hits free agency at the end of the season, um, unless he signs an extension with Colorado, which I don't know. But, um, you know, I would say trades Trevor Story now. So you don't, you know, this season, so you don't risk losing him in free agency for nothing because Trevor Story still is one of the top shortstops in the game and he will definitely be paid like one um, at the end of this season if he doesn't sign that midseason extension. Um, And I think, you know, look what you can get for Charlie Blackman. Look for what you can get for guys like Herman Marquez. Try to move pieces of value. I mean, obviously you don't want to lose everything, but I mean, where are the Rockies headed? You can easily, you don't have to try that hard. You can easily make a case for all other four teams in this division having so much brighter futures like than the Colorado Rockies. And it sucks because, yeah, they traded Nolan Arenado, one of the top players in the game, one of the, I mean, one of the best defenders we've seen in this in the history of this game, period. And it's it's rough, man, because if you think about it, it's not even like Nolan Arenado was on a necessarily non-team friendly deal. Like, yes, you can argue, you know, his his AAV or, or something like that compared to others. But, I mean, look at the offers that are getting put on the table now for guys like Frankie Lindor, right? Like, he's kicking back 385 over 12 back to the Mets. Nolan Arenado was at 260 for eight. Like, to me, for arguably the best, second best, I mean, if you want to push him down third, ba- third baseman in baseball, I mean, that contract is still reasonable. And so it's not even like he was, you know, on a crazy contract or anything like that for them to move him. I get it. Get some value back. But yeah, when you move one of the top players in the game, look, you're not going to be headed towards the postseason anytime soon. So uh, I'm sorry to say, but man, I think Rocky fans are in for some sad seasons here ahead. It's rough. And you, and you hate seeing it because usually during a rebuild, at least you can point to something being like, OK, look, we're going to suck this year and next year and maybe the year after that. But... But in 2025, we know we have this young stud coming up. And that's not the case here. And as far as Trevor Story goes, what incentive does Trevor Story have to stay in Colorado? Other than a big pile of money, which I'm sure Colorado probably isn't going to pay up anyway. You know, why would you stay there? You know what I mean, if it's, if it's about your legacy and getting your numbers up and, and keeping them there, I, I understand that too. 
But for the most part, you will find a better location than, than Colorado. They're, they're not competitive. There's nothing that says they're going to be competitive this year and next year. Uh, you know, I'm usually a little bit more conservative with, with my um, with my win and loss totals. You know, I'm going on both sides. But with the, for, for the Rockies, I have them at 104 losses, and I think they're going to compete for the worst team in baseball. The only, the only thing that makes me think like, okay, maybe they're not going to be that terrible is, you know, guys like Herman Marquez and, and Trevor Story. They are good enough to carry a team to, to some wins. Charlie Blackman is still, is still <laughs> Charlie Blackman is still a person, and he's going to put up his his numbers, especially in Colorado. So. You know, we'll see. Definitely nothing nothing too excited, though. But, you know, it's time to move on to our third-place team from last year. And this third-place team from last year hits near and dear to, to Nick's heart over here. So we're, we're going to let him get on it first. But first, you know, a quick little rundown on the Giants. This was a surprising team two years ago when we played, when we played uh, the whole 162. They were annoying. They were always in ball games. Even, you know, if you ask Dodger fans that season, what was the most annoying team to play? They would probably say the Giants just because you had no idea how they were in it. You had no, no idea why they were, they were in ball games and doing things they were doing, but somehow they found ways to stay in ball games. And it, it's weird, man. It, it, it's, a new, it's a new team. It's not your, your old Buster Posey team, even though he's still on the team. It's, it's a whole different feeling. So, I'm not going to get too into it, man. I'm going to let Nick start us off, though, because this is his former team, and I want to feel the hate you know, flow through him. Nick, tell me what you think about the San Francisco Giants. I mean, this is – when you say you don't know how it happened, this is classic, classic, classic Zaidi. Like, he puts together teams that you're not sure how, you're not sure why, you're not sure when, but somehow they just put it all together. And he always – he just – baseball is a puzzle him, and he puts together the pieces – to put together a winner. And that's what he's done here. I mean, he's got, you know, this year they picked up a bunch of guys that, you know, have kind of been just left in the trenches before um, with Aaron Sanchez, Alex Wood, Anthony Descalfani. Last year they had Kevin Galsman and it was like, Oh, where's this guy going to come from? And what's he going to do? And he goes out there and, you know, he's an ace really. He really is an ace. You got Johnny Cueto coming back. And if he wasn't ready to come back, I don't think they would play him. And even they probably would have tried to trade him. So, he Zaidi picks out diamonds in the rough for sure. And it's, it's almost like every move he makes, you got to think, okay, it's not, will this improve the team? It's how will this improve the team? And he improves the team in different ways to where the team gets better. I see this team going 82 and 80. I see them being over 500. Um, the top two teams of the division are just too good to even, even try to joke that they might compete, but this could be a wild card team. They do have enough depth. They have enough, you know, short-term contracts. There's not really much to worry about losing. And they do have a good farm system. They're ranked number 10. Mauricio Dubon, Joey Bart, Luciano are all guys that could come up this year and make an impact. And that's what Zaidi does best. And I hate saying his name over and over again, but this is a one-man show. And I was actually talking to the guy who's been on the podcast a couple times, Chris Murphy. He's really mad because the moves they're making are great moves. This is a good team that is only going to go better. And their farm system is getting better and better and better every single year. And it sucks because him and I agree. If it just wasn't for Gabe Kapler, we would be some excited Giants fans now. But we're excited. Well, actually, we're sad Pirates fans because there's not much to be excited about over there. But anyway, um, the team's going to be good. It's going to compete. It's not going to compete for a World Series, I doubt. But it's going to compete for the playoffs. And that's saying something. That's a really quick turnaround from where they were just a couple years ago. It's crazy how much one piece really does change things. And when I see a team like the Giants... They're not too different to me to me from a Dodger standpoint as far as the way the organization stand up. It's not too different from a Ray standpoint, the way they're set up, where they're gonna win games. You, you know they're gonna win games. Doesn't matter who's on that team. You know, obviously Dodgers have like stars now, but before that, you know, they found ways to win, right? Before the big Mookie signing. The Rays, there's nobody on the Rays team that I would say, yes, this guy's uh an all-star. We you know we can build around them. There's not there's not one guy on that team that I can legitimately say I'm I'm excited to build around, but they win games. And the Giants are the same way, right? Like you look at this team up and down, and the most notable name is Buster Posey. And I wouldn't be surprised. Well, his contract's kind of rough to trade, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ends his career somewhere else and he gets traded to uh, you know a contender sometime down the line. Again, things have to line up for that. But I look up and down this team, and first of all, the it's, it's people you've heard of. 
You don't have a bunch of randoms out there, right? Tommy Lastella, he was an all-star for the Angels. They got him on a pretty cheap deal. Obviously, he's coming off a big injury too, though. Um, Mike, Mike Yastrzemski, he's a guy that, you know, he's a little bit late to show, right? He's 30 years old. He's only been in the, the, the league for a year. But he showed up with, with I'm not going to say MVP numbers, but he was approaching that level. You know, Donovan Solano, one of the better contact hitters in the game. You know, Dickerson you've heard of. Brandon Crawford is still there. Um, if you look at their bench, Evan Longoria will still start in some places, not a lot of places because he's a little older now, but you'll start some places. Wilmer Flores is always in the mix. So it, it's a team you look at and you can see how they can win games. It's not an exciting team. You're not going to go to, you're not going to look at a San Francisco giant lineup and be like, oh, I really can't wait to see this guy play. But they're, they're going to find ways to win. It's, it's, it's super annoying. Um, what I want to see is what Zadie turns some of these guys into. This is Johnny Cueto's last year on that contract. You want value for him. I don't think he's going to do that thing he did two years ago where it was like, oh, we're in contention. Let's not trade. Let's not trade away. Um, what's his face? Uh, Bumgarner. Let's keep him as long as we can. I don't think that's going to happen again. So Johnny Cueto, I see him on the way out sometime this year. They've taken risks on some some guys with great arms. Aaron Sanchez has some of the greatest stuff I've seen, but he can't stay healthy and he can't control it. So it doesn't really matter. But I'm sure he'll find a way to, to, to do both those things in, with, with Zadie. Um, Rob, I'll kick it over to you, man. Uh, where do you have the Giants finishing this year? Yeah, look, I'll be honest with you guys. Like, I definitely agree in the sense that the, that the Giants are – they're headed towards a better direction, right? I agree with what Nick said. I think the Giants – uh, sort of like rebuild is going to come a little quicker than people expected. I just don't think that it's ready to go just yet. I'd probably push it back to maybe next season or the season after um, simply because, you know, I want to see guys like Joey Bart actually play, right? Like I want to see Joey Bart up and, and what I mean by being up is like consistently up, right? Like we've seen plenty of prospects come, come up and be up for like a month or two, get sent back down a month or two. Gets, I want to see consistent at bats for a guy like Joey Bart, because I think he's the perfect guy to team up with someone like, for example, Mike Yastrzemski, right? If that's going to be one of your stars moving forward, you have another young player in Joey Bart and you know, you have a lot of like decent pieces, but I think the thing about the Giants and the way they're currently constructed is I want to see if a lot more of their guys can hold that consistency throughout a whole season, right? Because I think for the Giants and some of the other teams, we kind of saw, you know, inflated numbers in some sense off of this past season, off of the 60 game season. And I want to see if some of those numbers kind of remain steady for the Giants. I actually have them finishing fourth this year, but I could easily see them flip-flop with, with Arizona. I only have them separated by like three games. And that's only going based off how their teams are currently constructed. I think the Giants are going to be in a better position to add players through trades or free agencies, definitely in the in the next coming two to three years here. And yeah, like, like you guys said, I think the Giants are, are going to be back. I think they're going to be back and be at least consistent wildcard contenders um, pretty soon here. But you know, we're about to dive into two powerhouses coming up. So now it, it, it's about to become clear why the three teams that we just talked about probably have no shot this season. Oh, no, no shot at all. Not, not, not one whatsoever, in my opinion. Look, I'm, I'm closer to Nick on my prediction with the Giants. I have them at 78 and 84. And I wanted to have them at 500 or above 500. But the reason I didn't is because those, those teams are about to talk about, man. And... From a talent perspective, right? Because here's the thing. Zadie's a magician. He There's not a lot of talent right now on this ball club, at least not a lot of uh, top-tier major league talent. You know, maybe Joey Bart develops into that, but right now you still have Buster Posey. You're not going to sit down a, a $20 million-a-year catcher. So, you know, when Joey Bart comes up, you know, that will be exciting, right? You want to see how, how he performs. He, he's, he's got um, – he's highly touted. But – Let's talk to, to teams that now have that talent, talent that you're going to want to watch every time it's on TV. And with that, we're going to start with last year's second place team. This team has been in the news because they've made some amazing moves. If, if you look at it from a, a fan standpoint, you love what they did. Not only did they bring in guys that you know, but they brought in high quality guys, you know, guys who've been there in, in the big position. One of them was actually in the World Series last year and Mr. Blake Snell, who was uh, famously pulled by... Uh, Dumbass coach at that point. But, um, you know, looking at this team and, and just going, looking at their rotation right now is hard to find the hole. Their fourth, their fourth starter, if, you know, and again, it depends how things work out. But right now, the projected fourth starter is Chris Paddock. This was a dude who was challenging 
Pete Alonzo for the rookie of the year no less than two years ago, man. They have guys in the minors still coming up. Mackenzie Gore, who everyone here knows is my guy, he's going to come up sometime this year, and he's going to perform. You got Luis Patino coming up sometime this year. So, look, you got the players there, and and you know everyone loves, knows I love Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr. Do I even have to say more? But, yo, Rob, I'll stick with you, dude. How high is the ceiling for this team? Yeah, so like I said, this is one of the powerhouses in this division. Um, look, I gave the Padres 95 wins. I have them finishing in second place in the division. And that's simply because, like I've been telling people this entire time, I don't think this is their year. I don't think that this is the year that the Padres are really focusing on. I think they've made all of their years to begin true contention in 2022. I think 2020, the 2021 season is where the Padres are pretty much going to kind of established that they're here, right? Because look, we have to face the facts. A lot of these teams, like I mentioned a lot, plenty of times before, they're coming off of the 60 game season. A lot of players are going to want to prove that whatever numbers that they put up in this 60 game season, you know, weren't just coincidence, right? They're going to want to prove that they can hold this kind of pace for the, for the entire season. A guy like Manny Machado, who was an MVP discussion off of this 60 game season, wants to show that he's that kind of player for the entire year again. And we know that Machado and Tatis Jr. together are probably one of the most disgusting duos in the league right now. And the Padres have so many, you know, other good players to kind of put together with them. But man, look at how this team like just refreshed their entire rotation, right? Acquired Blake Snell, acquired you Darvish to pair with Paddock. They acquired uh, Mosgrove because obviously Mike Clevenger, which is one of the reasons why I say that their true contention will be 2022. Mike Clevenger is out for this entire year. Mike Clevenger is going to be one of the Padres' main guys. So you imagine that a guy like Mosgrove or maybe a Chris Paddock will probably fall out of the rotation. But look, they have one of the best rotations in baseball right now on paper, right? We're going to see how everybody plays together. They have a great bullpen. They have great young hitters. I mean, it's not going to be their year this year, but the Padres are ready. Man, it's... You mentioned some good points because the truth is, like, they do have guys in, in, you know, waiting to come in that are going to be insane, right? Mike Clevenger pitched out of his mind last time we saw him. You still have the uh, Denison Lament who isn't currently pitching because he has some, um, he has some issues with his elbow. But look, this team, I look at this team on paper and everything from what's on their major league roster to what's going on with their with their farm system with just the high-end talent these guys have. And it is, to me, it is absolutely insane, man. Um, They get rid of guys and seem to promote guys that are just a step ahead of them, right? So Luis Camposano, he he gets to come up because they traded their catcher away, their very young catcher away to the Rays, who's who's switch hitting. um, He's going to be really good for them. But, man, Nick, I'll kick it over to you, dude. How high do you have this team going? I'm right there with Rob. I got 95 wins. Uh, the, there's two things for me that keep them from taking over hundred wins. Number one is the Dodgers. And let's be honest, they're the defending national or defending world series champion. And they somehow got better. So that's crazy. But then with the, the other thing that for me with the Padres is they're still so young that are they really going to mesh for 162? They did very well last year and then they got shut down in the playoffs they definitely reloaded and loaded up. I mean, to have a guy like you, Darvish, who I've said multiple times has the best career strikeout ratio per nine, that guy is an ace. There's no reason to think he can't win the Cy Young this year. And to back that up with Blake Snell, and in my opinion, Joe Musgrove is a very good number three guy. Um, they're just not as deep as some other teams. The bullpen is a lot of names that you know, in Mark Melanson, Emilio Pagan, Drew Pomerantz, Keona Kella even. But there are also a lot of guys that besides Mark Melanson that have been injured in the past or you're just not really sure what you're going to get. And so the pitching staff to me and the way that these guys mesh together, their talent is through the roof. Their talent alone is getting them 95 wins to me. And if they can somehow put it together, this team could beat the Dodgers for first place. The talent is there. And if somehow they mesh together then and you get a team that's actually playing well together, then you're looking pretty good. So the other thing for them to me and how I see them possibly overtaking the Dodgers 
is if somewhere early in the season, the Dodgers do something, throw high and tight to Tatis, throw high and tight to Machado. If there's a little aggression there, or there's just something that like kind of starts the flame, there's so many reasons for people to start backing the Padres and not the Dodgers that it could really turn into a rivalry pretty quick where the Padres are the good guys. And if they start getting that ear candy of like, hey, we got your back. Hey, we're for you. Hey, beat the Dodgers. That can go a long way, especially with the guys they have on this team. Because a lot of these guys listen, it seems like, to the fans. Eric Hosmer is definitely a fan favorite. Fernando Tatis Jr., definitely a fan favorite. Nanny Machado is some fans' favorites. But there's got a lot of guys on this team that you can like. they got a lot of guys on this team that you can get behind. And I think it's going to be very interesting. I don't see them beating the Dodgers because the Dodgers not only have the talent, but they also have the history and they have a team chemistry. But if there is a team in Major League Baseball that I think could beat the Dodgers in their own division, it would be the Padres for sure. It's it's going to be interesting to watch, man. And we haven't we've kind of been avoiding bullpens a little bit, but if we just look at the bullpen talent alone, the bullpen talent is is insane in, in my opinion, man. You have you have Drew Pomeranz who showed last year that he's kind of worth the contract. He, he was pretty good coming out of, out of the bullpen, right? Definitely not the same story as when he was a starter. Emilio Pagan, who had an, a, cra- a crazy year with, with, with the Rays. We were kind of all shocked that the Rays actually let him go and, and go to the Padres. Mark Melanson has has good, you know, he has a history there, right? He's, he's has a history of coming in, in clutch situations. Keon Kella, who has amazing arm talent, who they signed from from Pittsburgh, uh, one of uh, Nick's former guys, Craig Stamen, solid. Like it's it's one of those things where it's hard to find the holes in this team. I think both you guys kind of hit hit the nail on the head though, where it's about their experience, right? Are they gonna? They're not one. They're not as experienced as the Dodgers, right? The Dodgers have been to multiple World Series in the last five years. That's an advantage. You know, I don't care what anyone says. There's a difference when you've been there and when you're trying to be there. It, it's you know, it's a whole different feeling. But, you know, it's really hard to it's hard to find the hole in this team. They have guys on the on the IL right now who are going to come in and produce as soon as, as they come in. So it, it's really just about, is, is this the right timing for them? And, you know, obviously both of you guys don't believe so. I don't think so either. I don't have them at 100 wins. I do have them at 98 wins, though. But to be honest with you, the number I gave the Dodgers is kind of not astronomical, but it's, it's, it's pretty high up there. So I love this team. Obviously, both of you guys love this team. Um, I, I can't wait to see. I think this is the best division to watch. You know, I, I, you know, obviously everyone here knows that Rob and I are Yankee fans, but that division is not as interesting to me as this division with the Padres and the Dodgers. You know, for me, it's it's not interesting unless it's the it's the Yankees and Red Sox. I don't really I really don't care about the Rays. Like the Rays can win the next five World Series, and I I, I just don't care. Um, but anyway, let's move to, to, to last year's first place team and last year's. World Series champion. I know every some people out there, uh, including Nick, are kind of uh, not feeling too great after I said that. But yeah, Dodgers won the World Series last year. They finally they finally got above the hump. And if you're a hater, you'll say, "Hey, yeah, but it was a sixty game season." If you're not a hater, you'll say, "Well, it was due, and they have the best team out there." And regardless of what way you want to want to decide that, like the truth is, this is one of the best teams in baseball. This is probably the best team in baseball. You look up and down their lineup, man. Look, guys like Mookie Betts, MVP, multiple-time World Series champion. Corey Seager, who last year put up MVP-type numbers. Justin Turner's been there. Cody Bellinger, who's won an MVP while high out of his mind. Will Smith, who's a up-and-coming catcher. You know, we had him in our top five episode. And, you know, you don't have a lot of great catchers, and I don't consider him a great catcher quite yet. But to be in the top five in anything is pretty awesome. Max Muncie who, since being on the Dodgers, has been nothing but great. And they still have guys like Gavin Lux waiting to come up and, and hopefully produce for them. Not, not to mention how deep their bench is, right? You, guys you know in, in Austin Barnes and, and Chris Taylor, Edwin Rios, who produced at times last year when they really needed him to. And all of that is secondary to how crazy this starting rotation is. You know, when people think of rotation, they think one through five. No, these guys have a legitimate one through eight. And add to that an absolutely amazing bullpen. This team is absolutely stacked right now. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. I have them at 113 wins. 113 wins for me. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to Rob because I know right now it looks like I'm salivating and I'm one of the Dodger haters. But, yo, Rob, what do you think about the Dodgers? Are they going to repeat this year? 
No, because the Yankees are going to come in and, and win a title like the Yankees are supposed to do every year. But uh, yeah, I I definitely don't have them with as high as a win total as you uh, because I, I just don't like giving any team like ridiculous win total, but I do have them at 103 wins. I do think that they take the division. I do think that there's still some significant separation between them and the Padres. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I view San Diego as a powerhouse, but I do still think the Dodgers overall as a team constructed right now are better. I think they have compiled some of the most disgusting pitching talent that you can have on a team right now, right? I mean, when you have a guy like Trevor Bauer, who I will admit, I I see both sides of it, right? Because I see the people who talk about Bauer's career numbers. I understand that for sure, but I'm not going to sit here and lie and and say that I didn't want this guy on the Yankees because I most definitely did, you know, and I've been wanting him on the Yankees for like three years and now he ends up on the Dodgers, right? So he is essentially, I think he's going to be I'm not sure. I think he's going to be third in the rotation, but I mean, he's essentially their number two guy because as the reigning Cy Young, I'm definitely going to rank him ahead of Walker Bueller, who again, I think has amazing arm talent, but we haven't seen it like in a 162 game season, Walker Bueller fully healthy, you know, posting an incredible season. We haven't really seen that yet, like in, in its entirety. And I'm still waiting to see that from Walker Bueller. I really hope he gets to that point because he could easily be the top pitcher in baseball if he does. Um, yeah, I think that, look, the Dodgers are way are are just way too stacked right now. Um, I think the Dodgers, rightfully so, should be, you know, the favorite in the division, should be a favorite to go, I don't know, NLCS at the very least. I mean, look, I think the thing for the Dodgers is going to be they have questions that are going to need answers at the end of the season, right? I think one of their biggest questions is, do they see Corey Seager as a long-term part of their future? Corey Seager is another name who is going to be part of, along with Trevor Story, who's in the same division, who's going to be part of that uh, shortstop market, right? If a guy like Francisco Lindor doesn't agree to an extension with the Mets, he joins that as well. So do guys like Javi Baez, Carlos Correa, like all these guys on one-year deals, Alderton Simmons, you know, Marcus Simeon, these are guys that are coming back on the market. But those five that I mentioned are all going to be 30 or under when next season starts. The money that those five guys are going to get from teams is going to be pretty up there. Do the Dodgers see Corey Seager as that main guy? Because guess what? I've already been st- been seeing reports. The Yankees are possibly interested in Corey Seager, right? So, like, the Yankees are probably going to dip their toes in that shortstop market as well because they might not see Gleyber Torres as their long-term answer at short, at shortstop, right? So, I think for the Dodgers, it's going to be interesting to see if they, to, to be quite honest, if they keep the team the way that it's currently constructed right now because I think they're definitely going to want to pay for a shortstop, but it might not be Corey Seager. It could end up being a Javi Baez. It could end up being a Carlo, uh, even a Carlos Correa jumping over to the, you know, pulling the ultimate like move and jumping over to the Dodgers. Like, you know, it, it could be that type of thing. You just never know. Um, but like every season that we've seen in the last couple of years, the Dodgers are going to be right there. They're going to be competing all year. They're going to the postseason. It, it's almost boring to talk about at this point because they're just that good. But yeah, I mean, they have a chance to repeat, right? They're the defending champions and we're going to see if they're going to be able to do it. It, it, it's crazy. Look, um, you know, they, they they will have questions coming up after the season, right? They have spent a lot of money. They are absolutely blowing past the luxury tax. Not that, not that they should really care, right? When you win a World Series, that's the offset, is that you make so much money from merchandise. You make so much money from other venues that, you know, you can you can afford to, to pay that luxury tax, especially with the some of the TV deals that they that they have made lately. But... You know, as far as the team right right now, man, one, one guy I'm really excited to see is Trevor Bauer. I, I mentioned this before when we were doing a ranking show. And to me, it's the perfect combination of a, a super nerd who does things in such an unconventional way and has always followed the data and looked at technology as a way to improve his game with a team who is the front runner in that. They are the leader in technology in baseball. Whenever, like, you know, teams like Detroit are playing catch up to what the Dodgers are doing. Teams like the Yankees are still playing catch up to how far ahead the Dodgers are in their development system, right? Like that's why I always say like be wary of Dodger of Dodger players on other teams because their technology is so far ahead of other baseball teams and and their research department and their analytical department is so far ahead of other baseball teams that they have such an unfair advantage when it comes to the games they play. And it sounds like a cop out, you know, like, but, but it is what it is. It, it's just that good, right? They legitimately have an amazing organization from top to bottom. 
And, and I hate that because I because it's something I have to admit. I, I wish that we can still pull, uh, you know, Dodger Chokers joke. And I know nobody's gonna want to pull those jokes more than this next guy, Nick. Yo, tell me how you feel about the Dodgers. I know last year was probably hard to watch, though, man. What, what do you see them doing this year? Uh, last year was expected. I had him have I had him at 117 wins going to last year if we had played the full season. So this year I don't have him at that total because the Padres are better, the Giants are better. So I don't see them breaking the all-time win record. Uh, I had him at 100 wins, so I float them between 100 and 105 wins. My thing is I don't know if they're going to get bored now that they've won the World Series. It's now it's just getting to the postseason. That's all it is, and so who knows what their regular season looks like? But they're just they're so deep in every single position. It's it's just disgusting even their backups would probably win 85 games easy like if you just literally took out their starting lineup their starting five rotation and say their top three bullpen guys this team still probably wins 85 games in the nls so it's really disgusting how much depth they have so i have them at 105 wins if i was a betting man that's what i put them at and i it's the problem with baseball is not really a problem because that's one of the reasons i love the sport so much is you can't really pick the World Series winner before the beginning of the year. This is the best team in baseball in pretty much every single possibility. So it's just a matter of can't did somebody get hot during the postseason they run into, or is this the team that stays hot? But they're gonna be really good. They're gonna be really fun to watch, even for me, not you know, hating the Dodgers. It's gonna be a good, it's good baseball to watch because they also play the game well. They're not just home runs and that's it, they're not just strikeouts and that's it. They have guys that don't walk the world. They have guys that will take the extra base. They have guys that will take the walk. Every part of baseball, they play well. Literally every single part of it. It's 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 something that's beautiful to watch, man. And like I said, if you're going to build an organization, this is the way to do it. Um, you know, just kind of a, a quick insight into some of the things the Dodgers do that other teams don't. Well. They were the first team to leverage the technology and the analytics part of their of their game into their minor league system. So what this means for for you know for their players is that when they step up to major leagues, they're not playing catch up. They already they already know what's happening. They already know the system, right? When, when you get a guy like Kybert Ruiz who might come up this year, right? He might split some time with Will, Will, Will Smith if Will Smith allows that to happen, which I don't know if he will. But he'll be ready to go right off the bat. There isn't a transition period. All the data that he's going to be getting is going to be data that he's, he's already had from his time in, in Rancho Cucamonga, his time in the other affiliates. So if you're if you're trying to look for a way to, to build a winning organization, that's how they do it, right? They, that's why they also win the their their championships for their, their minor league systems. They're just that far ahead of the game. But hey, man, look, it, it is it is absolutely crazy. I know it's going to be a crazy year. We got to see we got to see it happen though, right? Um, and so it happens. Anything is possible, especially right now. But we're going to go ahead and go to our awards, man. And our first award is Rookie of the Year for the division. And I'll stick with you, Nick. Who do you have winning Rookie of the Year in the NL West? I got to go with Gavin Lux. My only concern is that he may not get the playing time to do it, and there may be some other rookies that get playing time. But I think this is he's, – he's a stud that's come up through one of the best farm systems in all of baseball, and there's not really anybody in front of him right now except for maybe Chris Taylor. Um, I think he gets the playing time. I think he puts up the stats to win rookie of the year. And the Dodgers just have a history of getting rookies of the years. So it's just kind of in, in the bloodline. <laughs> All right. There you go, man. Yo, uh, Rob, what about you, buddy? Yeah, Gavin Lux is definitely a good pick, but I'm going to go to San Francisco and take Joey Bart simply because I think a team like San Francisco is a lot less crowded, even though a guy like Buster Posey's there. I mean, it's time, it's time for him to move on, whether San Francisco wants to admit it or not. And I think they got to give all the maybes to Joey Bart. All right, man. And I will go ahead and disagree with both of those points. Uh, for, for you know, I, I love Gavin Lux, but there's a bit there's there's huge holes in his swing in, in my opinion. I think that that's part of the reason why he hasn't been up as consistently as they needed him to. And and Joey Bart, I think the playing time is the issue. Man, this this sucks. I really want you you both of you guys know who I want to say. I want to say Mackenzie Gore. But I can't say that because the rotation for the Padres is way too deep, so as, as Nick's mentioned before, it is going to be hard for him to get in there. Plus, if you don't have to force him in there. Why start the clock at that time? So, you know, f- for me, it's actually going to be one of his teammates. It's going to be uh, Luis Patino. I think he's going to be a person that's going to get a lot of innings in that rotation. 
even if he's not in the rotation, I think he can give them quality any coming out of the bullpen if they need to. I hate uh, to interrupt you, but that would be an AL rookie of the year candidate since he got traded to the Rays. Did he get? I thought it was uh, the other guy. Y'all, you're right. He did get traded to a Rays. You're, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, he might be winning rookie of the year for a Rays. I think my backup option by default then, it has to be Gavin Lux, which I'm not excited about. You know, this division isn't a division with a lot of, with a lot of rookies. They're, they're veteran teams. So, for, for real, you know, honestly, it was between a, a few guys. So, just on default, I'll go Gavin Lux. He should get the, the most opportunities out of, out of everyone we mentioned. And yeah, that's right. I forgot he was part of that trade. But yeah, um, let's go over to our Cy Young Award winner, man. And I'll start with you, Nick. Who do you have winning Cy Young? I got you, Darvish, winning the Cy Young. There's a lot of good candidates in this division, but I'm a big fan of you, Darvish. He's going to a winning team. He's going to a place where the weather is never, ever, ever a problem. Uh, I I don't. I almost don't see how this guy doesn't do it because he's just got so much going for him in that direction. All right, man. Rob, what about you, buddy? Yeah, I'm going to stick with with the guy who's one of the best pitchers in the game of all time. I'm going to say Clayton Kershaw. Year in and year out, this man is doubted whether he's, you know, washed or done or whatever because of his back and everything. And year in and year out, look, you can watch the games. You can go look at his numbers. He backs it up either way. Clayton Kershaw. All right, man. I'm going to stick with that same team, but I will not go Clayton Kershaw. I'm going to go Trevor Bauer. And... Look, last year he was amazing. The years before that, it's been it's been highly well publicized that he hasn't had great years. This is a guy who a lot of people have said swindled the Dodgers because his numbers haven't really matched up with the contract that he got. But look, there's there's two things that I can say about Trevor Bauer. One of them is that the stuff is ridiculous. He literally has Looney Tune type stuff. And and the second thing is is I, as I mentioned previously, it's a perfect match between the technology and the philosophy of the Dodgers. And the technology that Trevor Bauer likes to use and his philosophy. So it's going to go one of two ways. He's either going to be absolutely ridiculous and do some things that we were like, holy crap, I can't believe I've never seen that before. Or he's going to fall flat, right? It's going to go one way or the other. I don't think there's going to be a little middle ground there. So for me, it's going to be Trevor Bauer. But let's move on to the to the fun one, and that's the MVP. Rob, I'll start with you this time. Who do you have winning MVP in the NLS? Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I wanted to say Fernando Tatis Jr., but I'm going to stick with Mookie Betts here simply because I think that right now he's still, um, you know, the better player. And, yeah, I think of, uh, I think we're about to see a full season of Mookie here in L.A., and he's going to put up some impressive numbers. All right, man. Nick, what about you, buddy? Same. Mookie Betts, it's pretty straightforward. He's one of the best players in all of baseball. I think he wins the MVP, and it's not going to be close. Oof. So mine's going to be a little bit surprising. I think it's going to be Corey Seager. And I hate Corey. Like, I'm not a Corey Seager fan. I've, I've been on record saying who that, you know, I think he's a little bit overrated. But here's here's the point, man. Like, he has guys like Mookie Betts in that lineup. Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner. When you think that lineup, Corey Seager is kind of an afterthought. He's going to benefit from having guys like Mookie Betts hit, Betts hit in front of him, right? Try getting Mookie, on Bet, Mookie Betts on base and have him not steal that base. We don't steal as much as we used to, but still, that speed does cause pitchers to want to throw fastballs. They don't want guys stealing on them. I, I, it's it's going to be his last season in the Dodgers. I don't see them re-signing him. So I would not be surprised if he absolutely goes crazy and gets a ridiculous deal next season. I know he's been linked to guys to the teams like the Yankees, and he's one of those top shortstops that might go out in the market. So for me, it's the perfect storm. He, he was hot last season in the playoffs and, and throughout the year. I, you know, I, I don't love saying saying I think he's going to be the MVP, but it's just a lot lines up, and, and that's that's a big part of it for, for, for me. It's it's about the the narratives matter a little bit to me. I wanted to pick Machado, but I couldn't do that, unfortunately. I, I love Machado. Hey, man, look, tomorrow's opening day, so I, I think this is the perfect time to get whatever crazy shit we need to say out. So, yo, Nick. Tell me what is one of the what's something that you expect to happen in, in, in this season that something that might not be talked about so far? Oh man, that's I, I honestly don't have any crazy predictions. I haven't looked that much into it. Uh, as far as like doing these division breakdowns and the predictions has got me so singularly focused each week that I don't really necessarily have a big time prediction. I guess. Maybe the craziest thing I could think of off the top of my head is that the Padres win the NOS. I know that we're talking about the NOS, but like I said earlier, 
it's a bold prediction, but it is something that I could completely see happening. So that would be kind of the craziest thing is that the Padres actually overtake the Dodgers for the uh, for the NL West. Very nice. And you're not the only person with that hot take, actually. There's, there's been some people out there uh, putting that out there. Yo, Rob, what about you, dude, man? What in 2020, what in 2021 that people aren't really talking about you think might happen? Look, man, I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't have any, like, wild hot take. But you know what I will say? I will say, people, pay attention to the National League this year. I think, honestly, we're going to be in for one of the most ridiculous MVP races we've ever seen. Because if you think of all the talent that's out in the NL right now, I mean, yo, just think about it. Okuna Jr., Freddie Freeman, Frankie Lindor, Juan Soto, Mookie Betts, Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, Nolan Arenado. Lindor and, and Arenado both on new teams. I mean, Yellick, you know, possibly coming a bounce back year. Javi Baez, Trevor Story. Dude, it's going to be a crazy race for MVP out in the NL. And I'm just excited to see who's going to walk away with the trophy at the end of the year. Very nice, man. And look, I, I I didn't have anything too crazy either, but I, I'll say this: expect the unexpected. If there's one thing that we've learned in baseball the, fat, the past few seasons, is that no matter how much we think we know, we just don't know. You know, last year we had guys like Randy or, or Rosarena who got traded from the from the Cardinals who needed outfielders, goes to the the Rays and absolutely lights it up. We've had that happen with Luke Voigt. You know, we've had we have we've had pitchers like Dylan Bundy rise from the grave. And have a great 2020. And obviously that was a shortened season, but still, you know, the, the point is it, it, it's hard to it's hard to predict baseball. E- even with all the numbers and all the great stuff, it, it's hard to predict baseball. So I, I believe it's one of the harder sports to predict because of the team aspect of it. But my, my crazy take for the year is watch out for the Angels. And look, they could totally suck and, and I wouldn't be surprised. But I am I am one person who is on the Angels bandwagon. I don't have them winning the World Series or anything crazy like that, but I think people are under they are kind of um, underestimating some of the stuff that went on in there. So so that, that that's my lookout for team man. But yo, Nick, Rob, tomorrow's opening day. Do you have anything you want to end off, off with? I'll start with you, Nick. I'm happy. Today is a holiday for me and my family. We go shopping. To get all the food the kids want. I'm on the grill all day. The TV's on all day with baseball. Cleaning up. Spring cleaning. Oh, man. Tomorrow's one of my favorite days. Smile on my face does not get any bigger. There you go, man. Yo, Rob, what about you, buddy? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm just excited. It's opening day. I'm ready for a full season of baseball. And I'm ready to see these guys, you know, get it underway. Uh, I'm not going to lie, man. This season snuck up on me. I, I'm surprised. <laughs> It, it, I felt like it came out of nowhere. Like spring training felt like it was super short, which I know it wasn't. But still, it, it is insane, man. But I, I cannot wait. It is long overdue. We're gonna have 162 with fans, so we can't wait, man. Look, we'll catch you guys. We'll catch you guys next time. And yeah, man. Look, enjoy enjoy this season. You will be hearing from us quite quite often. So yo, to the loo. Catch you guys later. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Diamond Talk. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up at diamondtalkpodcast at gmail.com. That's diamondtalkpodcast at gmail.com. To catch up on our old episodes, or if you want to check out the rest of the awesome pods that we have under the SSAW network, head to our website at tssaw.com. And do not forget to subscribe. See you all next week, and we'll catch you on the field.